You're listening to The Bravest Show on Radio. Hit subscribe anywhere you get your shows and never miss an episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in and welcome aboard. Take me down, it's faithful to You're listening to The Matthew Dark Show, where truth is the only language spoken and Jesus is the only Lord served. Democrat voter. Holy cow, are you looking for a refund? Because what was <laughs> promised, right? Was- Ladies and gentlemen, it's showtime. Now here's your host. Take it away, Matthew. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in and welcome aboard. This is the Matthew Dark Show and wherever, however you join us, we thank you. Now remember, hit subscribe everywhere you get your shows and never miss an episode. We thank you in advance for that. You know, one thing since COVID has happened, and this show has been dedicated since COVID to bring you honest, honest health freedom information, as well as everything that we can do as parents, as society members to protect children. Schooling has become an issue, and it's become, um, for most parents, kind of leaving a foul taste in their mouth. And it's giving this reason to think we got to rethink the whole thing, reevaluate public schooling as we've always known it, homeschooling. And I know we'll get into some statistics during this show it has exploded over the last handful of years. Um, I remember when I was a child, I was thinking, oh, that's a homeschool. They don't get it. They're out of the loop. They don't know anything. And I can't tell you how differently I think about the homeschooling process um, and everything involved with taking control of your kid's education right now as a parent. So we have a very special guest, Beth Chambers, attorney here in Denver, Colorado, uh, going to join us and walk us through that point where, because here's where it is. You, you know something's not right, Beth, in the school system, but you're like, yeah, but what am I going to do? There's no way I'm qualified to teach. There's no way I could take the time in my life to do this. Uh, I want to welcome you in, and let's just have it. Let's go through the process for parents that are thinking, okay, there's got to be a different way. Welcome in, Beth Chambers. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um yeah, my hope is that for parents that are feeling, you know, on the fence maybe about the experience their children are having in schools, whether it be public school, private school, um, that something's just not right. And I've seen it in my legal practice um, across the board. This isn't just public school. Um, you right. can find these issues everywhere where parents are unsatisfied for various reasons. Um, you know, the big moment for me was... Um, it was during the COVID time, but it was prior to that in the fall of 19, my daughter broke her leg and needed to be in a wheelchair at school for a period of time. She was Mm -hmm. casted her entire leg. And um, there was a few interactions that I had with the teacher and the um, administration that, you know, for lack of a better word, it was disturbing. Um, My daughter, you know, she couldn't toilet herself because she couldn't get out of her wheelchair and those sorts of, I, I want to say issues that go along with being injured, the school was less than helpful um, mm-hmm. in helping me with that. And then when COVID hit that same year, so she had spent a lot of time basically out of school and then COVID hit. And I started to really look at what she was doing on, with home, like online schooling. And I moved specifically to Wheat Ridge to be near a, um, a Waldorf charter school. That was um, why we moved here. And I was, I was appalled to say the least. And this didn't even cover the trust issues that I had that I was seeing in the health um, world with schools where you could see how schools were gearing up with vaccine mobiles, fluoride treatment, things where a parent would give a permission slip 
saying, no, do not do that. You know, my child does not have permission to receive this medical treatment and the school would do it anyway. Mm -hmm. And because of the way the courts give so much deference to the government, what happens is, is if you as a parent, let's say your child went to school and you said, nope, I don't want them to have fluoride treatment and they had it anyways, that could technically be um, an assault of sorts, mm -hmm. right? Your, your child was hit with something that you did not give permission for. Well, the courts would look at that as like, well, that's not a, like th there's no harm that's been shown with fluoride, even though I would disagree with that. But the general acceptance of fluoride, that would not the court would look at you sideways of why are you here? Right. Even though the school disregarded your permission and your child said, no, no, no. My mom said no. And they still will disregard it. And I know of mm. instances where this has happened to people. So I already had a distrust of leaving my child in school. And then with COVID, it was just, I was done. But when, when people really hit that moment where they're like, I'm willing to take a shot at this and see how, how it can be, this is not just a, okay, I'm going to start doing this and everything's going to be, you know, I'm going to have everything I need at that moment. It's taken us, we're now on year four of homeschooling. And my children have had my husband as their teacher while I was working. I have since um, stopped working and I am focusing on homeschool and a ministry that I'm um, doing. But cool. I I felt like, you know, they needed one of us to be focused on what they were specifically doing. Yes. And it's it's been wonderful. Um, I tell people that education, in my opinion, the more the longer I've been detached from the system the more I realize it's an inversion of our God-given spirituality. So do children really need to be educated? What does that mean to be educated? And where did our education system come from? It came from a military Prussian-driven, it was a Prussian system, military-driven, and it was to prepare students and children, for that matter, for the military, for service. And so it's it's a very um, do as I say, you don't get to push back. It creates um, an issue where maybe it's, it suppresses some children, where some children don't feel comfortable being, you know, having their individuality, or maybe your child is um, labeled in some way as, you know, uh, you know, unable, maybe because they're unable to sit through the day, they might be deemed as having, you know, ADHD or some sort of education plan needs to be put into place and individualized education plan. But already children are being pigeonholed from the get-go of like, you're not smart enough. <clears throat> Your testing isn't where it needs to be. You're, um, you know, you have this disability going on or, or whatever it is. And I just want parents to really think about like, what is this doing to the already burgeoning mental health crisis yes. that we have for kids? Is it helpful for a child to start school and immediately go into that um, left brain, that right into the academic side, the critical thinking? What does it mean when you're not in your right brain, which is yeah. the creation side of our brain? And children live in that space for a while, but school ushers them out of it very quickly. And so I think that the first thing a, a family is going to have is just a knowing that that the system, whatever system that is for them, is not working and it's not for the highest good of their child. And then they have to actually take that step to leave it. And um, 
that's the hardest step, right? Yes. Is to say, I'm going to leave, you know, a community because that's what school mm -hmm. is for a lot of families. It's a community. And will my children, you know, I was born in the 80s. So it's, we know what homeschooling was thought of back then. It was that these kids are yep. they're kind of weird, right? right? I mean, yep, they're not social or they're not socially um, adapt to this society. They're kind of fringe. Right. And I would just tell parents that there is so much out there right now, so much. I mean, from the curriculum to the enrichment, um, if you still want to be a part of the system, almost all, um, for example, I'm in Jefferson County, Jefferson County Public Schools, they have homeschool enrichment um, activities that you can sign your child up for. Um, there's a fear that like your child isn't going to have the socialization that they need. And I just haven't seen that um, no. at all. If anything, my children are very um, grounded and calm. And, you know, I have a child who's almost 12 who still plays with dolls. I mean, the innocence yeah. has stayed with the children because they aren't pressured to be something that they're not. And mm -hmm they're given the space to kind of develop the way that, that, that God intended that they develop. Yeah, Amy, I love that. It's so rich, and what a great experience to hear that kind of come through. Our guest is Beth Chambers, attorney and homeschool advocate, and really just laying it out there. This is what it looks like to go ahead and make that plunge. So we're in Douglas County Classical Education Charter School, and, and so we have this conversation all the time at our house. It's constantly an assessment of the school. And, and for folks that are not in a charter school, we feel very blessed to even be there, but it doesn't mean you can just turn your back and they got it. It's still a daily, weekly commitment by the parents to make sure that things are up and running. But we send them there for eight hours a day. They come home with homework, you know, an hour or so. And so I'm sitting there thinking, is this how God intended small children to develop in, in the sense that we drop them off at seven, pick them up at four, um, rush, 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 get to the homework for what? What are we, what, and we're doing that because what? That's the status quo. Uh, that's what my parents did. That's what the neighbors are doing. And so it's a cycle that must be reassessed because at the end of the day, holy cow, we spent this critical time of our children's life. It was all about trying to get a 21 out of 21 on a quiz in kindergarten. Wait, what? And then what if we do bad on that quiz? Am I a bad parent? Is that a bad child? Is the school now? Uh, so you're so right on, we, we make the education, it becomes loving, it becomes safe in the home. I mean, I love the prospect of it and you can still dabble in and, and, and play with sports. I think that was one thing I thought of initially is, well, if we go homeschool, Sports are off the table. Activities off the table. There's no more friends. And, and go ahead and dispel that. How can you still be so engaged with people your age, kids your age, uh, but you're taking control of the education? Absolutely. So it really depends on the family and how connected they want to be. For example, in my family, we choose to be um, less connected with um, what I would consider weekend demands. Um I really want to focus on family time. So my husband, like we take the kids archery, shooting, mm. we have lake time in the summer. I don't want to be driving across the state to sporting events, but for families that do resonate with that, which no judgment, I mean, everyone's coming at this from a different perspective, all the public school systems, you are allowed to participate in their um, sports after school. So you just check in with your district and your child is able to participate and even um, extracurriculars as well. So it's not just sports. I love that. And, and so it's like you're not out of the game, but you've taken over this critical 
critical time in our kids. I can't imagine. I, I just don't remember as a as a boy. So I'm also I'm I'm born in '81. Okay, so I don't remember a single conversation as a little kid that dealt with sexual stuff. I remember in fourth, it was either fourth or fifth grade once they showed a video and it was, you know, everybody was giggling and it was awkward. And that was the closest thing to some of the stuff our kids are exposed to today. Um, And that's that element. We didn't have Facebook. We didn't have social media. We didn't have that toxic poison coming in 24-7. We didn't have, you know, 8,000 cable news channels and all kinds of smut coming in bombarded we're being bombarded um the food was cleaner there was a better decency um i I guess now peeking into the future so if a parent's sort of well i'm not there yet um this problem in public schools uh, private schools and charter schools they're all in the same sort of group how do you see this proceeding 2024 and beyond sort of the public education system gets better gets worse there's going to be a mass exodus all Mm. the entire system is going to implode Um, And I, you know, I haven't just this knowing of there's so many families that as as these um, school districts push harder on these narratives, like you discussed the sexualization of children, which I'm going to just call it what it is. It's grooming. Um, No first grader, kindergartner, third grader needs to be asked what their gender is. Let them develop the way they choose. And if they are as they grow and they're consenting adult and they want to decide something for themselves, that's their free will to do. But to start, I mean, when you look at the statistics of transitioning in, you know, let's just say in Jefferson County alone, the amount of um, children that are transitioning genders, I mean, it has gone through the roof. And why is Mm -hmm. that? It's because they're being pressured to be that way. And so they want to fit in. They want to be like their peers and they don't really understand why they're making this decision, but they just think, oh, you know, I want to be friends with, you know. That's the social contagion element to it, Mm -hmm. which, which dispels you're born this way. And I would, I would ask parents to really consider the question, do you trust where your children are for a significant majority of their lives every mm-hmm. day? Do you trust what they are being exposed to? Right. And for me, I just, it's, it was, it was not easy to transition to homeschooling because most of it is in your own mind as a parent. Yes. I saw myself as a homeschool teacher. You know, I was a right. lawyer. I was loving my work. So in the government in Colorado, um, <laughs> but when I think about the reason I had children, it's not to, you know, set them on the side and just, you know, hope that they figure it out. I mean, the mental health crisis that we're seeing in high school. So Here's yes. the thing, like, do you want to spend a little more time early on getting your homeschool legs under you, or do you want to be assisting a suicidal child mm. their junior year in high school? I mean, I don't know any parent that would trade that. And and the pressure that, that students are getting from their peers, just based upon what the peers might be exposed to in their own home, um, that was something that really resonated with me with the yeah. screens and just this world where you can search anything on the internet. And if a parent doesn't put, you know, proper boundaries on that, then the child is coming to school and talking to their friends about what they saw or have heard or, and that sort of thing. And, and I just, you know, you could say I'm sheltering, you can say it's a protective thing, but really what it is, is I just want my children to develop at their own pace without the pressure of being less than or not part of. Yeah. I, 
that is a critical point you just made is this has nothing to do with you're the overprotective, self-centered, I need attention from my kids 24-7. This is nothing like that. The environment in the public school, charter school system right now, uh, you can't risk. This is your most precious asset, and you're putting it out to, into one of those hostile environments, the public school system that we have going right now. I mean, these people have crossed a line, and they didn't blink an eye to where you're having these kind of conversations with children, because 25 years ago, these conversations, just the conversation was going to put you in jail. Now we have hired um, mental health people coming into the schools and assessing and evaluating and and, and, and perpetuating this this thing. It's filthy, and this is the time. The other thing that you said that I think is super critical is this implosion of the public school system and how we get there. And really what it is, and I think you spelled it out, and there's many of people that can, can take this to heart, but when parents that are on the fence all say sort of simultaneously, that's it, we're done, they cannot stop that sort of domino avalanche of exodus. And that's what's coming, but parents, it's just, you know, I remember – Oh, uh, we were in Lake Powell. I was like 18 and we were cliff diving and it was like 60 feet up in the air. And I, I remember being at the edge of that cliff just forever. It felt like just trying to work up the nerve to do it. Woo. When I finally did it, when it was exhilarating and I'm glad I didn't, I had that experience. I don't need to do it again, but it was that moment of plunge to just say, I trust what I'm getting ready to do. And that's where we're at with parents. Trust that you are the better leader, educator, person, even though maybe I wasn't a great student. Um, I can definitely set my children up for better long-term success in life than let's just figure some brand new CU Boulder graduate teacher that has gotten her license in CRT. She knows the pronouns back and forth. I'm sorry, that's a night and day, even though she's probably a better student than I her passion for her children, my children, could never equal mine. Her desire to love and preserve America could never equal mine. And then does this person have a relationship with God? Do all these teachers have a relationship with Christ? Are they walking with Christ? Because if they're not, distrust should set in right away. That's not a judgment on the lost because we're praying every day that they're saved, they're found, and the light bulbs come on. But you're, you're essentially sending your children into a, a, a community that's hostile against your God. Maybe speak to that and how you can then openly bring that spirituality into the homeschool where it's disallowed and like uh, you said God in school. Now you're going to court. You're going to, you know, it's opposite world, is it not? It absolutely is. You know, what I look at homeschool as is the epitome of creating with God. Mm. God's creating through me as a parent and through my children, through their, you know, our connection, you know, I get to sit and observe them and watch where they, you know, what lights them up in life, what makes them excited. And that's yeah. the beauty of homeschool is that I, it's a very spiritual connection that you have with your children. And, you know, a lot of people, like you, you mentioned this earlier with tests and, and um, quizzes and everything. We don't do any of that in my house. We have someone that we see occasionally who does um, um, developmental assessments that are, mm -hmm they're done similar to the Waldorf, you know, right. pedagogy, because that's what we resonate with. But there's tons of other ways to do that, where the, you know, our kids sit and they're, you know, they do games and everything. They don't really know they're being tested for anything. And then we look at where we're integrating the child. So many children are not integrated. And so when we mm. look at the spirituality 
of homeschool, it gives me the time and the practice to create with them. So for example, my daughter loves mythology. And so I can take a unit in my curriculum and I can extend it out however long I want. I can make it as short as I want. They don't have to sit through and listen to things that they cannot stand. And so what that yeah. does, is it creates this love of learning that I feel like the schools have really um, in many ways, it's been suppressed because everything is a judgment. Your child is judged right. on their behavior. They're judged on their grades. They're judged on their clothes. I'm assisting a family um, with a legal case in Colorado and a child being horrifically judged by the administration of the school simply because of um, certain clothes that might be deemed more conservative, like camouflage or mm. those sorts of things. And it's like this child is targeted by adults because right. of the way um, he was dressed. And it's like, that is so abusive. And I just, you know, parents really, parents who who recognize their connection with God and um, rely and believe and, and live their days knowing that connection, there's no better place to foster, create, and build upon that than a homeschool environment because your child mm. is with you. They're safe. I mean, we're sending our children to school now to go through mass shoot or mass killing drills or the you right. know the school shooters. I mean, what do you think that a first and second grader thinks about when they are having to practice the possibility that they might die? I no. mean, that is just it's gotten so um, inverted, even if you would like to argue that education is very important and college is important and these sorts of pathways, which it, it might be to, to one family and not to the other, um, but you have to look at what are they being exposed to and what are they holding inside and not talking about yes. for you know a long period of time? And then they have a mental health event later on in life. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm sure you had this when you graduated um, high school, you know, the pressure starts. What are you going to be when you grow up? What are you going right. to do? What are you going And I don't know about you, but I graduated with zero idea of yep. that question. And I, I went through, I got an um, undergrad degree, a master's and a law degree. And I still would tell you that I don't really think at the, at the root of all that, I really knew who I was. Right. And yep. And that's just it. It's like, are we living for societal expectations yeah. or are we living for the true divine nature of who yeah. we are and what we're here to do? That's so, I mean, it's, it's all on the table. Are you living for the world or are you living for the spirit? And that is really consistent. If you apply that sort of filter to public schools, it's pretty clear public schools are all about the world and refuse the presence of God. I mean, go back to 1963, where God was essentially kicked out of school, sight on scene, and we've had a deterioration ever since. Those are correlated to a T. Um, our guest has been Beth Chambers, uh, and this is some really rich and, and such valuable homeschool information. I wonder what your message is to the parent that just heard this show, has this message, you've gotten conviction now into their heart. What's their next step from right now? The next step is to take the leap. Just do it. There are so many homeschool curriculums out there. You can make it whatever you want. You can use a religious um, curriculum. You can use Waldorf Montessori. You can use traditional curriculum, whatever you want to do. You can unschool. We spend a lot of time unschooling. Mm. And I just want people to know that like you will have a community. There are so many yeah. of us that are leaving all the time from the system and they're out there everywhere. And I've noticed that since 2020 specifically, 
it has exploded with people leaving. And I think that with the sexualization agenda that we're seeing now, it's even fast forwarding that because parents, there's, everyone has a line, right? Yeah. Everyone. And you're going to hit that moment where you're like enough and just take the leap and know that everything's going to be okay. Like you don't have to worry that your child is going to be harmed or that they can't do what they want to do later in life. Um, it's just not so. It, I think that's the myth regarding homeschool and they're not going to be socially awkward. There's so no. many ways that you can involve your children with other children. Getting off the status quo, just because the neighbor's doing it, so what? Is that the best thing for your family? I could not agree with you more. Just the idea of thinking about college. Um, who says your kid has to go to college right away? Who says that? Why? Why would you spend 50000 or more a year and your kid is saying, but mom, I don't know what I want to be yet. See, we have a chance to rewrite the, the direction for our kids and we start them now at five years old and we replace it with you know, wholesomeness, family, the spirit, service, and a, and a heart for others. They're not teaching a heart for other people in public schools, but in your own home, in our home, we demand a heart for other people because we know that's the expectation, the divine expectation. Um, and so you do, you get to personalize, customize your child's education. And at the end of the day, you're the best teacher, not this brand new graduate that is ready to do her advocacy work essentially on your child. I mean, that's where we end up in so much. Um, I, I want to have you back because this is an evolving and ever growing. You're, you're only going to see more and more, you know, we're on our last stop. So if this school was to not work out, to not have the sort of changes, guess what? We're homeschool parents too. We've accepted that because this is our most valuable asset and we're unwilling to turn it over to the monsters of the public school system. And people who think that that's too critical and they think that that's too harsh, um, I think they should witness a conversation between between an adult and a child about their sexual orientation and then tell me that I'm a bad guy for even bringing that up, okay? So I wanna say God bless you, Beth Chambers, and thank you for your work. We're gonna have you back. We'll stay connected that way. Uh, I know we'll get questions to the show, so we'll get responses and hopefully get people set up for success as they transition. This is a proper transition from public school into the home, so we bless that and support that, folks. And I wanna do this until next time. Serve God, help others, stay good, Ooh. Goodbye. God bless everybody. The Matthew Dark Show, your one-stop show for truth, courage, fellowship, and faith. Available everywhere you get your podcasts.